1: the nick d podcast how you doing everybody it's me nick digilio i am your host uh welcome to um episode 125 of the nick d podcast here on the radio misfits podcast network uh thank you for subscribing thank you for listening please spread the word like us Review us, give us your feedback, rate, all that stuff. And check out all of the incredible podcasts that are available here at RadioMisfits.com, including my second podcast, which is all about Saturday Night Live. It's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. New episode every Wednesday. you got to check it out, even if you're not an SNL fan. Um, It's a a pretty fun podcast. I'm having a great time doing it, Uh, just sharing my incredible weird knowledge and uh, a lot of fun facts, behind-the-scenes stuff interviews and uh, clips from Saturday Night Live, everything Saturday Night Live. So make sure you check it out, as well as the other really great podcasts here at RadioMisfits.com. If you would like to uh, be a subscriber, or not a subscriber, well, you can do that. That's easy. It's free. Uh, but you can also uh, advertise on this podcast and be a sponsor. And just contact us and say, I want to advertise on the Nick D podcast right now. We'll help you out with that. Sales at Radiomisfits.com will get you uh, some advertising space here uh, on this podcast. You want to leave a voicemail? Anytime. The voicemails, are we encourage them. We want feedback. We want to hear from you. This is your podcast as much as it is mine, and we want to hear from you. We want you to contribute. If you want to do a a, a megaphone message of some kind that you want to hear from me and the Magic Megaphone, please do it. Or just any voice voicemails open 24 seven. We want to hear from you. Seven, seven, three, four, one, seven, six, nine, four, eight. Call us now. Drop us an email. 24 seven questions, comments, uh, contributions, m- megaphone message, anything. Nick D podcast at com. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the audio and the weirdness. And I love him, and I thank him. And Ed does all the stuff at Radio Misfits. So my thanks to those guys. Coming up on this episode of the Nick D Podcast, Amy Guth, the lovely Amy Guth, is going to join me. Um, She was fantastic as my fill-in co-host while Esmeralda was out of town at our last live Zanies event. She was fantastic there. Been a regular guest on the show. I've been friends with her way back since... We were working together at uh, the car wash in Trib Tower, and she wrote for the Tribune. Has her own podcast called The Daily Gist. She is a writer, uh, a filmmaker, uh, an adventurer, and all-encompassing, incredibly intelligent, hilarious woman that I love to talk to. So Amy Guth is my guest. And then, as I mentioned, the wonderful Esmeralda Leon, who is my cohort in crime here. She's going to join me. We've got a magic megaphone message we're going to do. We're going to taste test some more really fun Mexican candy. And we are going to talk about things that you think are solutions to problems that only make things worse. You ever do something that you think would help, and it just screws everything up even more? We have, and we'll tell you all about it. And my dad, Nick, is going to stop by and tell a joke, as he always does, and she'll be ready for Hi, it. Hi, I'm
0: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: She loves my dad, too, and she lets him in. She lets him in the back door, because Carrie's out on the back I'm porch Carrie right Russell, now. Hi, I'm
0: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: So Amy Guth, Esmeralda Leon, lots of fun. Uh, my dad telling a joke. That's all coming up on this podcast. But we want you to show up. A week from today, actually, as this drops. Oh, but it's, by the way, today is my mom's birthday. 79 years old, my mom, today, March 21st. Happy birthday to my mom, who rules. Uh, but a week from today, on March 28th, you and all of your friends and all of your relatives and even your enemies are all going to show up and completely pack the place at Zaney's in Rosemont. Zaney's Comedy Club in Rosemont. Because we're going to do yet another great, hilarious, entertaining, fun, live version of this podcast. Yes, we are rec- we're going to do a live podcast recording, as we've done now for three times. This will be our fourth one. It's a monthly get-together that me and Esmeralda host with you. It's interactive. You guys uh, tell some stories. We give away some really cool prizes. Included, uh, I got ABD gift cards uh, from the electronics store to give away. I got gift certificates directly from George Karzis, the guy who runs the greatest restaurant in the world. You will get gift certificates, the chance to win gift certificates, to The Gale Street Inn, the greatest restaurant on the planet. Uh, so you can check out gale We got Nick D uh, podcast t-shirts to give away and much more. So stuff to give away little Easter treats will be handed out uh, for everyone who comes and pack the place because our special guest. we always have a special guest who comes up on stage and we interview with them for over an hour, rich Coe's the legendary, the one and only the unbelievable Fen Gouli. This is a, this is, this doesn't happen very often. I don't think you people realize just how cool this is. The chance to be in the room with rich Coe's, Sven Gulli for over an hour uh, in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a nightclub situation, Uh, Rich is going to be up there. Me and Esmeralda are going to interview him. He's been a dear friend of mine for God, 30 some years, over 30 some years. I have known Rich. He is the one and only Sven Gulli. He has been uh, a legendary member of Chicago broadcasting and and national and international broadcasting. He is Sven Gouli And he has given us, you got to take advantage of this because he has given us his time And I can't even acknowledge how much I appreciate the fact that Rich Coase is going to be with us. And you should appreciate it, too, by getting your tickets now. Me, Esmeralda, all the great stuff that we've had during our live podcast, that'll all be happening. Plus the one, the only, Sven Gulli on stage with us. You can't pass this up. Rosemont.Zanies.com. Get your tickets for the Nick D Podcast Live on Tuesday, March 28th. Uh, You know, the parking is free, very easy to get to, located centrally in Rosemont, Illinois. Lots of food, places to eat, restaurants, bars all over the place. Make a night of it. Tuesday night, March 28th, 7.30, showtime, 6.30 doors for the Nick D Podcast Live, our fourth event. This one with Sven Gulli, Rich Coe's live on stage. Get those tickets right now. I can't emphasize that more now. This doesn't happen very often. Rich is doing me a huge favor by showing up and being a part of our show. So Sven Ghouli, Rich Coast live on stage, rosemont.zanies.com. Uh, or you can call the box office at 847-813-0484, and we expect the place to be packed and you to have a great time. So make sure you come out to that on March 28th, uh, Sven Gulli at Zanies and Rosemont. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. All right, it's going to be fun. Hi, She's I'm Carrie Russell, so and excited.
0: I love Nick's show.
1: All right, my old friend, the great, the one, the only, the lovely, Amy Guth. And she also says congratulations
2: congratulations you're about to listen to the nick d podcast it's by far the best decision you've made today it makes the other podcasts seem like crap oh yeah don't be a jagger
1: And I need a, a glow stick, and uh, right now, <laughs> d- isn't, that, isn't that? Does it feels like I should? Be, uh, d- and you know, and uh, and and prodigy should be coming out. Uh, totally. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of the first thing I think of when I think prodigy, is Amy Guth. Hi, right. hi Amy.
0: <laughs> hi, Nick. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm all right. I'm okay. So the last time we uh, spoke. Um, well, face-to-face, or not even face we're not face-to-face now, I don't want to ruin the whole, you know, the magic of, po- of sure. podcasts, but we're not. You're you're one place and I'm in another place, um, but it sounds like we're right in the same room, doesn't it?
0: Yes, it does. The magic of all these, you know, I mean, it, the pandemic, like, made all of these cool tools appear for us, right? Yeah, that that it seemed like the idea of, of doing all this remotely, like some people could do it if they had a lot of cool equipment. But suddenly it became a lot easier to to sound like you're in a studio with someone when you're, you know, miles away.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, I hear podcasts where people haven't found that technology yet. But I'm not going to get into that. Uh, sure.
0: So, we won't name names on won't that.
1: Name, <laughs> won't name names, but I've heard podcasts where I'm like, hey, listen, if me, and I'm the b- biggest idiot on the planet, if I can do a podcast that doesn't sound like shit, maybe you could. I don't know
0: i invite that I, I i hope i invite us all to do that and hope for it to happen to all <laughs> yeah. but yeah you're right
1: it's funny you know the the in, in inviting of uh you know of things and now we're all getting used to this technology now and but now slowly the whole we gotta go back into the office thing is happening uh, Has that has that happened to people that you know or anything like that where it's like oh shit i gotta go back into work
0: Sure. I mean, I, you know, to me, it seemed like the people who were, or at least the leaders who were making the most noise about that, the soonest, were the people that ruled by proximity, right? That that didn't really have a culture of trust in their office, and that were saying, like, I need to physically watch you work to make. Make sure that you're doing this. But I really think it made people kind of stop and say, well, wait a minute, did you hire me to warm a seat with my ass for eight hours? Or did you hire me for the knowledge that I have? And I I think that that's really what's created a lot of pushback for a lot of people. Um, and, And I think a lot of people found balance and had had a minute to kind of think like what is this hamster wheel I'm on? Do I want to stay on it? Cuz it kind of sucks and I think I want to do something else. Yeah. You know, I think that's really what was fueling a lot of the great resignation was a lot of people just kind of rethinking stuff, but but it was it was interesting to me uh like very traditional hierarchy kind of leaders tended to be the ones who were like we're going back to the office because that's what happens and I'm like, you know, ship sailed, friend. Yeah. Like you can't unring a bell on some level.
1: It's interesting because I I I um I appear um, bi-weekly and sometimes more often on the Steve Cochran show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is on now on uh, weekday mornings, 530 to 9 on WLS AM 890, the big 89. And I am the film critic uh, for his, um, for his show. And, uh, and every time I go in there, there's no one
2: there. <laughs> there's, no
1: one. <laughs> right. there's no one there. I mean, it's like the people that are on the air in because the, they have three radio stations that they do. The q one hundred one is there WLS FM and so the studios and you know are there are people are in the studios but like everything else is like a ghost town every time i go down there and uh and that seems to be the case everywhere it's funny um i have a friend i will not obviously i will not name names considering the story that i'm going to tell but i have a friend who since right before the pandemic had not been going into the office um uh, on any regular basis and then not going into the office at all and working from home yeah. and now They've implemented this new rule that they have to be back in the office at least, uh, you know, uh, for a week, a month, okay. you know, or or like, like three or four days a month. And unfortunately, it seems kind of arbitrary. Like it it does, a doesn't week, it? it yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. But here's the thing. Like this person that I'm telling you this about uh, moved away, doesn't live in Chicago anymore.
0: Yeah, there's that. Right.
1: And then now is like, well, shit, now I, because, and so like is using an address for some, you know, I'm not going to get into this, but using an address, a Chicago address for the employment thing. Mm-hmm. And now has to fly in once a month
2: to just Holy show shit. up,
1: to just show up in this <laughs> office for like three days to walk in and then fly back to where this person lives. And this person does not, it does it's not a, it's not a close state where this person lives. It's a pretty good wow. flight.
0: So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't have to worry that, about that. that per- yeah, right. We're just here working <laughs> remotely.
1: Right. Not, I'm not getting paid, but hey, what the hell? <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, isn't that weird? Like, oh, you got to come in. And so like my person is like the person that I know is like staying with family while they're yeah. here
0: Yeah. Oh, Interesting. That's so interesting. You know, I, I was I've been talking to a lot of people about that because I'm very interested in this topic. And and a couple of them said, you know what, I wasn't really opposed to to coming back to work and being in the office a few days a week. But now that I'm doing it, I realize that my productivity completely sucks because I'm spending all this time commuting, and I really like kind of built up this routine to do this really efficiently at home. And yeah. I got hours of my day back and I'm kind of feeling resentful for giving them up again because I'm just not getting as much done. And I, I, I think that's fair. And I
1: also think that that might be indicative of a lot of people, you know, yeah. for a lot of people. That's why people don't want to go back. That's why when I go into WLS mm. on a Friday and then there's like nobody in any of the departments, <laughs> I think it's right. like, cause they're doing their job. They're doing it well. They got used to it. Get, this shit's getting done. So why not just stay home? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've really loved hearing from leaders who are, who are like adapting to that and not trying to, to be controlling about it. Um, the CEO of Harley Davidson was like, no, I hired, I hired adults to do their job and I'm going to trust them to do it. Right. I don't need to physically watch them do their jobs. They're free to do, if they get their whole job done and, and, you know, quickly do what you want, live your life, be an adult, which I think is great.
1: Harley-Davidson doesn't require people to ride choppers into work. That's not... <laughs>
0: right. They don't dispatch everybody. Like, it's 8 a.m. Get on your bikes. So let's exactly. go. Make some noise. Make
1: people look at you while you're on the... <laughs> so... <laughs> All right. Uh, well, wait a minute. Before we, before we, uh, before we get started by you
2: just it. stay around here to fuck my mother and eat her food. Matt! Oh, he moves! You're a little fucking asshole. Try something Motherfucker, food <laughs> eater! Food eater! Okay, there
1: you. it is. There it is. A short Wait. version. Motherfucker,
2: <laughs> food eater! Hi!
1: All right. Hey, by the it's way. It's never not good. <laughs> by the way, Amy, the new John Wick <laughs> no. movie is fucking
0: unbelievable. Yeah, I saw you post about oh, that. Oh my god.
1: Oh my god. god. It's it is insane. Now I've been a Keanu fan my you know forever. Oh I, huge I, fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you have too. And I mean obviously if you love that movie, that movie dates back to nineteen eighty six. That was yeah. like pre keanu Sans as they're as they've called Keanu
0: Sans. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: now everybody loves Keanu. I remember there was a time when I was doing theater in Chicago, like in the mid nineties. You know, and uh, actors that I would act with, or work with, or direct, or something, we would all go out drinking, and
0: yeah. then they would
1: bitch and moan about Keanu Reeves, like oh, how the hell's the guy guy who looked that get paid? And I'd be like, um, well, fuck you, I can name ten movies that he's good in and that are good. And this yeah. was like a, in the mid nineties. This is like maybe before Speed, so like I could still mm. do it. And and then like after the after the Matrix, it was like okay, I kind of like him. And then for some reason, right around the John Wick time, like two thousand fourteen, so we're talking about ten years. Suddenly, everybody now loves and has always "quote unquote" loved Keanu, and that's not been the case. Right. Now, you, at you, as a, as if a, someone who was part of the Keanu sons way before there was a Keanu sons have you noticed that? Like now, people are like coming out of the closet and saying, "Hey, I love Keanu."
0: Yeah, and I feel like we're those people that that used to go see that band when they were playing in bars, and it was only five of us in the audience. And now they're <laughs> selling out arenas and have all these fans, and we're like, we love that band before they were cool. Right. We're we're those. Those people for Keanu. And I think, too, now there's people that probably don't know him from anything other than The Matrix, but that have heard all these stories about just like what a charming and lovely human being he seems to be. And I think a lot of people are kind of on board with that, that like maybe don't even know his work, but they're just like, he seems like a good dude.
1: Yeah, well, and you know what? I'm f- totally fine with that, and and all of the yeah. stories are just unbelievable. You know, like uh, they so nice. Little 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 videos of him giving up his seat in a subway. First of all, he's riding a fucking subway. Yeah. He doesn't need to ride a subway. Right. He's right. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he yeah. gives up. He gives up his salary so that the stunt guys who worked on the Matrix movies, who have been out of work for a bunch of years, could work on Resurrections. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the kind of guy he is. He had tragedy in his life, and he gives to tons of of. Uh, of charities, he's really incredible with fans. He's just the, he's just the he's a good egg all the way around, and he does good totally. work. He does good work, yeah, and then and the new, I'm telling you, the new John Wick movie, head blown off. I'm telling you, it's so I good. can't wait. It's so so good. Now, uh, did you did you? Uh, oh wait a second here. here.
0: Boring man, you're all
3: fucking boring with your piddling grievances over nothing.
0: You're all fucking boring. Did you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, of course, is the beautiful Carrie Condon from uh, Banshee's of uh, Inisherin, yeah. which was uh, one of my favorite movies of last year. Did you watch the Oscars at all?
0: I did watch the Oscars. And your thoughts? I, I, I enjoyed watching your commentary on, <laughs> on Facebook as the night was going on. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not a fan of what was—seven uh, yeah. of the ten movies I hated that were nominated, like yeah. literally yeah. hated— um, and I love uh, that movie. I love Banshees. And I, that's my, my favorite yeah. quote from any movie this year, from last year, was that. We're all fucking yeah. boring. Uh, but what was your <laughs> thoughts uh, watching it? Did you, have, did, did you have a stake in yeah. it? Did you care about anything? Because I know you're a big movie fan and you make movies, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, two things that really, well, a lot of things really stood out for me. Of course, I'm obsessed with, like, who wins best screenplay because I'm determined, determined yeah. to to get that Oscar in my lifetime. Only, like, 20 women have ever gotten it. So, well, a woman very... won this
1: year. Uh, she, a woman won adapted this year, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. See, yeah. it's a thing. It's a thing. It um, but, um, you know, watching the best screenplay duo, uh, the Daniels, when yes. they got up, yes. I thought, you know, it was such a moment of clarity about imposter syndrome and self-esteem that that here was this man holding a literal Oscar on the biggest stage in Hollywood and saying... I've had self-esteem problems and, and this, and the support of so many people has gotten me through. I was like, I was reminded of the time that like Oprah was talking about feeling imposter syndrome the first time she worked with Reese Witherspoon. And I was like, okay, if a dude holding an Oscar and Oprah Winfrey are, are naming their imposter syndrome, like, why don't we just fucking stop pretending. We don't all have it. <laughs> just yeah. name it. And it's like, everybody feels that and it's totally normal and reasonable to feel that. So that was powerful to me. And then also like, you know, who's not rooting for data? Like that was so sweet and beautiful. And I loved his speech. He was like, I, I almost gave up on, on my dream and I didn't and I, Like I was crying real tears. I thought that yeah. was beautiful.
1: It's interesting because like what you the, the two, you the, the two things that you just mentioned, um, uh, I found, you know, uh, like the, the the speech that the the, the speech is by the Daniels. Yeah. Uh were I found inspiring and really glad glad totally. that they said it and glad that that message got out there from someone in that position. I however do still hate the goddamn movie. Um Yes. As <laughs> and you it have was, mentioned. <laughs> it was nice it was nice to see, you know, as you you mentioned Data and I will say I'll cover him with short round. Uh yeah. it was nice for him to get up there and his story of course is amazing. I love Michelle Yeoh. I yeah. love her to death. I you know, I'm glad that she won. She's finally been awarded after like working in the business for 40 years. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis was, it oh, was and was always awesome. will be the the hugest crush that I've ever had. Um, in movies. Also,
0: film. her Instagram is amazing right now. It,
1: I know. I, I I follow her on all the all the all the socials. <laughs> she she's like in,
0: she... photoshopped the Oscar into Lori Strode's hand right. from yeah. Halloween, and I was like, she's loving. She's having so much fun right now, she and is. it was great. And I love yeah. what Michelle Yeoh said about like if. Women, if anyone tells you you're past your prime, like fuck yep. what they say. I loved that. I was like, yeah, absolutely yep. feeling that too.
1: And, and it was great. And you know, Brandon Fraser another guy who I'm a oh, fan yeah. of, and, and I actually really love The Whale. I was rooting for Colin Farrell, but uh, but yeah. I really love The Whale. I'm in the minority on that. A lot of people hate it, but I thought he was great in it. And I, and the one thing that stood out for me, and see, uh, is that the 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 major actors award, the major acting awards, went to people who proudly uh, not only started out but continued to.
2: Mm. work
1: in genre movies
2: interesting like that's in right
1: in kung fu movies or in comedies or yeah. in in uh you know uh in, in horror films um th- so the genre movie people were represented uh very well
0: oh and, that's a great point yeah
1: and I was like very happy about that I just can't get past the fact that I couldn't stand everything everywhere all that's at right once. yeah um but but all the messages and again as you said you know like it, it you know the the odds against women winning, you know, the screenwriting or any award for that matter, uh, right. uh, you know, directing and and so on and so forth. I mean, it took till 2010 for a woman mm-hmm. to win, mm-hmm. yep. Catherine Bigelow. Uh, yeah. But uh, again, I, I you know, it was great uh, that that um, Sarah Polly won. Yet, I'm not a fan of women talking. I just think it's I don't think it's a particularly yeah. great screenplay. And so, but again, you know. Uh, Because of those circumstances, I was like, "That's cool." I just wish I didn't dislike the movies.
0: Yeah, and then there was that really awkward moment where Hugh Grant called himself a scrotum.
1: (laughs) That was, I believe, my favorite one of my favorite moments of the night. What's Uh, what's happening right now? Yeah, it's like, and and of course, me—I'm a scrotum. You know, like that's like, what? What? And and it made me laugh. What? By the way, did you watch any of the red carpet shit beforehand?
0: No, not really. I mean, I kind of had it on, but wasn't really paying attention. Yeah,
1: maybe you you caught it because it became kind of a thing on social media. His interview with that uh, red carpet, uh, the, the reporter on the red carpet where he was being a dick to her. Did you see that?
0: Oh, no, I did not.
1: Oh, check it out. Please do. Okay. Uh, uh, some, just 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 Google uh, Hugh Grant red carpet. It'll pop right up because it became it became like a thing because he was being he was being a bit of a not a bit he was being a dick to the to mm. this woman who was asking dumb questions on a red carpet because that's what happens. People ask dumb happens. questions. That's what you do. But I you know there there's the argument. It's like well he should have known he's on the red carpet. And yeah. then the other then, then the other thing was well <laughs> they were unbelievably stupid questions and he is Hugh Grant so. I'm in the ladder camp cuz I think it's hilarious. So when you watch sure. it, you know, but the other thing is it's like we've both been in positions we were where we have asked people questions, like celebrities yep. and stuff. You and I have both done that. So to to have a uh, uh, you know, a celebrity I and I'm sure that you have had uh, experiences where you've interviewed a celebrity and that celebrity was a dick. Uh, you know. Sure. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so there's, there's two sides to it that I both understand. I understand from the reporter's point of view, like, Hey, I'm just doing my job. This is what we're supposed to do on the mm-hmm. red carpet. And I understand from his point of view where it's, it's like, where the fuck did these questions from? You are a moron. And, <laughs> and, and the, you are a moron part one during this interview. I you, wow. have to, you have to nice. check and my, that pretty, my favorite
0: of all time yeah. was like when, um, Mayim Bialik was asked something about, um, oh, what was the TV show the the nerd show is it called?
1: Uh, how, the uh, Big Bang, Big Bang Theory.
0: Big Bang Theory, thank yeah, you. She yeah. was, like, shortly after that came out, some some red carpet dude asked her something like, so, like, what's it like playing this, like, really smart person? She was <laughs> like, well, I am, I literally have a PhD in neuroscience, and they changed the role because of my degree, so it's, it's actually quite comfortable. And it was just like, Mike drop yeah. bitch and like she just yeah. and she wasn't even a little bit snippy about it but I was yeah. like wow that she said that without a bit of snark is remarkable. I'm trying to remember what it was boy this is a whole
1: subtopic right here Amy. yeah is like like either like really memorable weird red carpet moments where uh, but I'm trying I remember someone oh god someone asked Rashida Jones um A question not knowing that her father was Quincy Jones.
0: Oh, Jesus. (laughs) So not knowing
1: knowing that she's black. (gasps) Uh, And something about why
0: are you always so tanned? Oh, that's right. (laughs) It was the Screen Actors Guild Award, and someone was like, you look like you've just come from vacation or something. (laughs) You're so tan. (laughs) And she was like, well, I'm ethnic.
1: (laughs) I remember, I, I hadn't watched it, but that's one of the ones I caught up on on social media. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, oh my
2: God!
1: <laughs> I love this. is one of my favorites because it involves Richard Harris and um and Richard Harris, by the way, Amy, as you probably know, uh, legendary in the world of storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. There's one of the greatest theater stories of all time is the one that involved him and Peter O'Toole. Do you know story? the story? Uh,
0: I don't. I don't know. Keep keep talking. Let me I'll okay. See.
1: Let me remind you. I'll just tell this quick, quick story. Uh, by the way, we'll get to the topics that you. <laughs> So good, just g- gabbing here. Um, but anyway, so uh, the the story goes. The qu- the quick story is Peter O'Toole told this. Story, actually, both of them have told this story on on talk shows years ago when they were obviously when they were both still alive. And obviously, as you know, Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole are both. They were both Irish drinkers, big time. Yeah, big, big, yeah. Big, 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 big time. And they hung out a lot. And when they did, they were hellraisers. You know what I mean? Like they would go places and stay at pubs and knock shit over. And they they actually at one point I think bought a pub. Sure. While they were while they were drinking, they were like, "We'll oh, just buy the fucking place" because they didn't want to leave. <laughs> so they so they bought the pub. <laughs>
0: so, that's that's baller moves right there. That's fucking a man. So, um,
1: so Richard Harris was telling the story where they were in a play together, um, and there was a long period of time in the first act where neither of them were required to be on stage. Okay, and then intermission. So they had. Like, they were on stage, you know, at the beginning of the play, and then there's a long section in the first act where they weren't there, and then a full intermission, and then they make an in- their their entrances very close together, about five minutes into the second act. Okay. So what they would do is, every night, when they were done with what they had to do in the first act, and they had this long stretch with nothing in the first act in the intermission, they'd go to the pub next door and they'd get shit paced. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so they would go to the pub, and they would just drink until the stage manager would come and shag them and say, hey, Okay. Five minutes you got to be on stage in five minutes, and they're wow. you know so, and they did this every night, and the stage manager knew where to find them and all that shit, so sure. one night one night they went out and they got particularly hammered, like they were annihilated during this break while the play was happening, full house stage manager comes in, and they didn't come back, and the stage manager comes in to get them, and they, and then you know says, "Hey, five minutes they leave, and they don 't show up, so they have to oh, hold no. curtain and so finally you know the the show starts. And uh, they come stumbling in. They're loaded. They're both completely annihilated for the second act. And so they come out, and Richard Harris comes out first. And Richard Harris, his entrance is, he has to knock on the door, fl- fling the door open, and then walk across the stage and say his line. And he's annihilated. And the, you know, the second act started late because they were both at the pub getting shit-faced. And so he knocks at the door, <laughs> his cue, he knocks at the door, he opens the door, and he comes out on stage, and he's shit-faced, and he walks across the stage and falls off the stage and into the <gasps> lap of a woman. Because he's so drunk. Okay. Wow. So he falls into the lap of the woman. She's in the front row. He falls into the lap. He's laying in this woman's lap and she goes, My God, you're drunk. (laughs) And Pete and 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 Richard Harris goes, Ma'am, if you think I'm drunk, where do you see O'Toole's entrance? (laughs) 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 The greatest theater story story of all time. If you think I'm drunk, where do you see O'Toole's entrance?
0: (laughs) Oh my god.
1: (laughs) it's, It's the greatest. Not, I mean this is the greatest one of the greatest drinking stories of all time and one of the maybe the best theater story ever.
0: Yeah, it's so, up there.
1: So at a red carpet in 1993 honoring the 92 movies, uh that was the year that Unforgiven won best picture and you know, happened mm-hmm. won supporting actor and all that stuff. And so, okay, Richard Harris is in Unforgiven, as you know. Yeah. Evidently the woman that was interviewing didn't know of that. Oh dear. <laughs> and goes uh you know, and ask him the questions and Richard Harris and I don't know whether he cuz he spent a good bunch of years where he was sometimes on the wagon, sometimes off, sometimes on, mm-hmm. sometimes off, you know, and I don't know whether I think he was off at this point. <laughs> so she's asking him a question and she's like, well, um, it's so nice to see you. are Richard Harris. You're a legend. And uh, do you, you know, the, the the basic stuff like do you does this ever wear off? Is it ever not exciting? That kind of bullshit, you know, where it's like, yeah. Well, yeah. And so he's answering the questions dutifully. And then 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 she says, so is there any movie at all that you're most interested in that you're rooting for this year? So like, oh dear and she he's in the goddamn movie and so there's a wow. long pause and he just kind of looks at her and he's like are you serious and she's <laughs> like yeah have have you seen the movies have you seen all the movies this year and is there one that you're <laughs> that you're rooting for and he goes are you are you are you are you having a piss you know and she's like <laughs> she's like no i i just i'm curious did you is there any movie that you're rooting for he goes well um Un for fucking given is what she said. Everybody
0: said. Mine. I'm rooting and then, for mine.
1: And she goes, well, oh, oh, geez, I'm sorry. And he goes, You know, woman, I'm in the fucking movie. And he starts.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: And then walks away. And all of it was beeped wow. out. But I don't know if you can find that somewhere. But that was my favorite. That was one of my favorite red carpet moments ever. Like the, just oh, the look on his amazing. face when she's like, Is there any movie that you're. He's like,
2: Um. Um. <laughs>
1: Uh, I didn't get nominated, but I'm in the goddamn movie. So, uh, yeah. Anyway.
0: Sure. So kind of rooting for that one. Oh, yeah. wow. Amazing. Uh,
1: classic. Classic. All right. Mm, uh, let's get into some of the, you were talking about screenwriting. Well, first of all, uh, people want to check out uh you and what you do and all your stuff. Uh, AmyGuth.com. That's G-U-T-H. AmyGuth.com.
0: Yeah. That's the best place to find me and all my and, stuff.
1: Uh, all the interest, all the stuff that you write about and all that cool stuff. Uh, we know each other from years back. You worked at the the Trib. And at the car wash, and we both worked at the That's car right. wash simul- simultaneously, as the Brits say. We did um, right, and and, uh, and you uh, you have a um, a daily uh, podcast that you do called the Daily Gist from Crane's Business. Uh, tell people a little bit about that, and we'll jump into some of the other some of the other things that you wanted to talk about
0: here. Yeah, so it's a, a weekday podcast. It's out every afternoon. Uh, people can kind of get the here's sort of the the top business stories you need to know in Chicago and there's always an interview with usually the reporter that covered kind of the big story of the day or you know a business leader an author something like that and it's uh you can find it on all the places where there's where there are podcasts um yeah but it's fun it's it's fun to just kind of like look at there's there's so much news it's a fire hose every single day but to get up in the morning and say okay what are the like four to six stories that that people in the business world in Chicago need to know today and kind of work from there so it's a fun thing it's it actually just had a birthday because it started in march of 2019 because it had its first birthday as everything was starting to kind of shut down
1: ah uh, yes yes that was about uh, three years ago If I remember. i'm yeah. sorry two so years ago two, three years ago Jesus three years
0: Lord. ago so so the podcast just turned four. four
1: oh well congratulations and you work with
0: one of the good ones
1: uh, on that podcast and then uh, one of the few good ones in this business of, of broadcasting and that's todd manley uh,
0: oh, Todd Manley is excellent, and he—he he and I've been working together on this podcast, and um, he saves me from sounding like an idiot every single day.
1: He—he <laughs> he, he did that too when I when when he was in, he was uh, one of the guys in charge at GN for a long time. Um, oh, for sure, one for of my sure. and, and one of my salt of the earth. Yeah, and one of one of my cheerleaders. I'm I'm, I'm forever grateful totally. for for him being in my corner so many times. So mm-hmm. good guy. Absolutely. Uh, Crane's Business Daily Gist Podcast. You can check it out where you get your podcasts, and at amyguth.com. Um I want to get to your cuz the last time we talked you had just gotten back from staying in Seattle. Yeah. Um uh which I'm sure the weather was pleasant while you were out there. Um
0: It was what? It, I mean, I kind of skipped winter because actually it was like sunny and 50 degrees all January and most that's of February. Right. It was good. That's
1: right. And uh and and this was you were house sitting for someone who you've been working with behind the scenes on a movie. And, and yeah. I want to get to that uh, definitely because this this film that we're specifically talking about is an Elvis related movie. And I want to get to that. in a yeah. second. But you were at the AWP, which is the Association of Writers and Writing uh, Weekend thing uh, yeah. just this past weekend. First of all, tell people about uh, the AWP and what was this weekend and tell me all about you know, how you spent it and how it went for you.
0: Yeah. So AWP is an annual writers conference. It's in a different city every year. And it just happened to be in Seattle this year. So I basically like drove home from Seattle and then flew right back to Seattle and was there. But it's interesting because Seattle is such a, a, a city of neighborhoods like Chicago is. And so I was basically only downtown for this past, you know, for this conference, which was a totally different experience when I was house sitting. So I really, it was like being in two different cities. Um, but I came back very exhausted because I just talked to so many people and I have like, you know, on your phone, you can see how many steps you walked in a day, just walking the expo floor. I hit 10,000 steps a day. Like I got my steps just doing that. The expo floor is the coolest thing because it is, It's all these cool publishers that are just doing really cool things. It's like MFA programs at universities that are there to recruit, but they're also, you know, they have student publications there available. And so, you know, I had to limit myself because I was like, I am flying with only a carry-on. I am not trying to lug back a bunch of books. I have plenty of books in my life. I do not need more. So I had to be very discerning, but I really found some very cool things and some very, just really interesting things that people were doing in publishing. One, um, you know, there was a press that was like, had a, they had, they had run into all these people that had stories that were too short to be novels or too, uh, short to be to be nonfiction reporting, uh, but, but too long to be an article. So they hmm. kind of created a press around that. So they had all this work that was like beautifully designed mini books that were very cool. Um, there was just a lot of cool things going on. And then it was great to connect with all these writers that I hadn't connected with in a long time. And just, you know, some of them have just been killing it and just doing the coolest things. There were readings, there were, um, you know, just lots of neat things happening. And I, I was thrilled to connect with folks and, and talk about, you know, what everybody's doing. And of course, yeah. when I said, um, I'm screenwriting these days and kind of my specialty is, is book adaptations that kind of got a, Oh really? Tell me more about that. A lot of people were kind of curious in that, uh, about yeah. that, but, but, but that is sort of the, the, um, the intersection where a lot of that comes together for me. And, um, and it was great. It was a great weekend, but it was like a lot of living packed into four days <laughs> for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I bet. I mean, I go to I, I'm I'm a, a host and uh, one of the people that works at this flashback horror convention um, every weekend. And it is a lot of stuff. Like when it's done, it starts on it starts on Friday. I check in on Thursday. Yep. The whole c- convention thing with all the people coming in and me doing Q&A's and all that stuff and helping things go along runs till Sunday. And I'm not kidding. When I get home on Sunday night, it's it felt like I was there for a month. absolutely it's absolutely incredible and the awp
0: at least recognizes like that hey we're dealing with thousands of introverts so we need to make some steps here so they did a couple cool things i thought i really loved that it was there one they had sort of like a space you could go to to just kind of like not be around people for a minute it was like you can just sit there and like drink water and charge your phone and not talk for a minute, which I was like, that is what people need because people yeah. just need to scroll sometimes. They um they had two uh AA meetings every day as part of the conference. Oh they, wow. Yeah. Okay. They had um they had childcare on site and they had uh they had like yoga and stuff like that during the day of just like, hey, we want to make this really positive for people and we want to make this really work and um be as accommodating as we can. So I, I thought they like really put a lot of people care into the whole That's thing. That's great. That I thought it was cool. That's really yeah. great.
1: I do have to say, I think it's amazing that they would have, you know, access to AA meetings. Uh, but I also think, you know, when you have a, 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 when you have an association about writers and writing that yeah. you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have AA meetings. there. Oh, two a day. Yeah.
0: They had a morning one and an afternoon one. Cause right. they were like, we know our audience. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not
1: to, not to, not to support a cliche, but you know, sometimes yeah. if it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that's exactly Uh, right. There was one day I was,
0: (laughs) I met up with a friend and, and, um, and we were like all, you know, all. We just want to like meet up and talk and just catch up. And we were so I decided like actually like just come sit in like there's a cool bar in my hotel like come over here, and but the the bar was packed by the time we got there. So we we ended up just like sitting in the hotel lobby and talking. But the bar spillover. We were just sort of watching people and yeah. and he goes he said something like yeah alcohol is working really hard right now <laughs> like yeah. we're we're watching yeah. it do a lot of work for people. It, uh, and yeah. you know I mean it's because it, it was like some folks that were like uh I'm away from my kids. This is my one like oh, I haven't hell been yeah. out in years. I'm hell going yeah. for it. But it was yeah. like a lot, you know, mixed no. bag. And there was like a lot of younger folks there who were definitely there to party and you know right. but
1: no um, no no judgment. You know what I mean? Like no, uh, none. you know like I'm I'm in recovery and, and so like I get to see it a lot and I and I'm a lot more astute to it than I was, you know, when yeah. I was drinking. Yeah. Like now I'm not, sure. I, I I'm aware of it much more. But uh yeah. but it's interesting um because like what you say is like I my first sober flashback horror convention was mm-hmm. 2015. Um, and so that's uh, 13 years of drinking during this, this uh, convention, because it's 20, it was, you know, so it had been going for. So, to, and, and, and every year when I've gone back, I, I, the, the drinking part, I really notice it. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I can imagine like, you know, you're at this AWP writers, uh, you know, get together and there's going to be a lot of people drinking, but you notice it more a little bit, you know, when you're in the, in the world of being sober and not drinking. Um, and speaking of which, which is something that you mentioned, you used to live near the river downtown.
0: I did. I used to live right there along where they dye the river green
1: and, Man, did you live in the trip building? What, what?
0: No, I lived right behind it. It was actually great because I could – there was only about 15 feet that I had to be uncovered. So if it was raining, I could just, like, walk the, the back way and come in the loading dock. It was awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so okay, um, So, and this is while you worked for the trip? Yeah, you worked, you, yeah. Oh, that's while so convenient. There. My God.
0: You oh. know, and everybody was like, oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't have good boundaries if I lived so close to work. And I was like, mine were even better because I could, like, go home at lunch and – yeah, eat eat a sandwich, take off my shoes for a minute, do a load of laundry, and then go back to work and feel yeah. like I was on top of things. It was great. Yeah. It was totally so, great. And, so, and part so, of that was like because I was working weird hours, like I didn't want to be on the train super late,
1: right? Yeah, um, it was great. I loved living that, down that's there. That's cool. That's cool. But no, but this you brought this up in the you know the, we yeah. we we commute we communicate bef- between visits to find out what we're to talk about. Yeah, and uh, St. Patrick's Day was just oh. this past weekend, and it's. Uh, of uh, you know a nightmare for, uh, for everybody, oh. even people who drink. Even when I was, even when I was still a drinking man, I hated St. Patrick's Day yeah. and and wouldn't go out. Uh, I mean, I'd still drink. I just, <laughs> I just right. wouldn't go just out Just in the
0: privacy of my own home, <laughs> exactly right. alone.
1: But I, you know, right. I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't go out. But um, you know, you know, and, and again, like the the, the the people who come out on, on St. Patrick's Day, and it's an old cliche, but they are amateurs. And it's oh, like, yeah, the people who come out are like, oh, I've never tried Jameson before. I think I'll do twelve shots. Like, no, yeah. you can't. Do that. Don't do that. Don't do, um, do
0: that. So I, yeah. you know.
1: It, There's it, a lot it, of that. It's, it's much more apparent how fucking stupid people are on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, absolutely. I, I went on Friday night with St. Patrick's Day, just this past Friday night. And I went to go see, because what everybody does on St. Patrick's Day, I went to go see a, um, a 35 millimeter screening of the, of the Warren Beatty political comedy, Bullworth. That's what I did. As one I'm, does. <laughs> that's what I did on St. Patrick's Day at the Gene Siskel Film Center downtown yeah. on, on Lake near State. On State near Lake. Uh, and I took, the, I, I took the red line in because the blue line has construction. Oh, blah, bless blah, blah. you. So I took the red line in. And oh. um, as I was coming in, it was as the, you know, the 20-something head-to-toe wearing green, yep. you know, that kind of stuff, loud, obnoxious people were getting ready to get loaded because was yep. the movie was at 8.30 and I was going down around 7. And there was a long discussion that people were having about uh, you know, restoring freedom and power back to Northern Ireland. But they mixed it with a conversation about how much they thought H.P. Lovecraft was so overrated. So um, that was the the conversation. Wow! It felt like an H.P. Lovecraft conversation. We were in a tunnel oh. too, and I was like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> so, but having lived near yeah. the river, right on the river, where of course every you know week before St. Patrick's Day or on St. Patrick's Day they die the river, and the drunks come down to watch. Are, have you you've witnessed a? I would imagine you've witnessed a lot of crazy.
0: Yes. crap. And there's also an Irish bar right there, at least there was at the time, like right there at the bend in the river. So there was also spillover from that. And and the days leading up to St. Patrick's Day, they would start building tents because they knew this party was going to just take over the land. <laughs> but I had, I was on like the ground floor. And so my window, like right there, there was like a little, you know, grassy area and shrubs and crap like that, that the building maintained. And and I I get up that morning and it's pretty early you know and and wow. like it it's still a ways before the river's going to be dyed and i get up and i'm just making coffee and i turn around and there's this woman in a shamrock bikini top and and green glitter shorts and like a top hat and green boots peeing in the the bushes Jeez. and like falling over and peeing on her own hands basically and cuz she just can't get it together and i like and I had cracked the window because it was nice that year. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? She goes, I'm a slutty leprechaun. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't ask what you are. I just, I was like, kind of hoping you wouldn't pee in my yard. Um, so she kind of stumbles off and falls down. And I was like, oh, bless her heart. Oh, bless your heart, poor- little.
1: Poor slutty leprechaun. Aww. Poor
0: little angel bear. And then I look up like I go and I shower and I come back down and there's a there's a tree nearby. And there's a guy oh, God. with his hand on the tree holding a beer and then just like trying to trying to scoop his like lift his hips in such a way where he can pee in a hands free kind of way. But he's pointing <laughs> at my window. And and so, again, I'm like, hey, man,
1: pointing at your window with his dick.
0: Yeah, pointing oh, like peeing okay. in the direction of my window I gotcha. so I okay. can see the guy's dick and I was like, "Hey man." And he goes, he just looks at me for a minute and then gets his smile and just goes like, "Woo!" It's <laughs> like this is a shit show and I must leave. Uh, did so,
1: you did you did you point him in the direction of the slutty leprechaun? Is that Right, I was like, "There's a
0: lady that might be the love of your life right over there, sir." And <laughs> and i had to get up to lincoln park that that this particular oh, day but i was like oh, "God, i'm never gonna get a cab and i'm very liz lemon about this like remember the saint patrick's day episode from 30 rock she yeah. wore orange that day right. to, or right. you know like right. i make a point to wear nothing green <laughs> right. and i was right. trying and i like ran out of time or i had misjudged my time or something and i was like shit i gotta get I got to take a cab. So I'm trying to get a cab and nobody is stopping. And I've seen people throwing up out of cabs and it's just, just a shit show down there. There's a woman, a pregnant woman walks by with a green shirt on that says today I'm drinking for two. And I'm like, this is, this oh is my. the worst place in the world. And I need to exit immediately. Finally, this cab stops and he goes, I'm picking you up because you're not wearing green and you're standing, so I think you're okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, sir. That's exactly right. That was such a good 30 Rock episode. And I love the part where she's like, watch this. And she hangs her head out the window. She just goes, Megan. (laughs) And every woman looks (laughs) up. (laughs) Right. Oh, but but it was like every year, it was such a shit show when I lived on there. And people minute. would, like, pass out. I mean, I would, like, late in the evening, I'd go out and someone would just be, like, laying in the, yeah. that little river walk area. Just passed out. Like, I would, it was you a know, shit show.
1: As you know, uh, because you and I both had uh, uh, time slots uh, on the car wash on Saturday yeah. nights. That's right. Um, as you know, sometimes my, I can't remember what, I would take the train down uh, on Saturdays to do my, to, to do my show. Uh, and the walk from the train to the Tribune building on those days when they on the day on the yearly day when they would die the river was unbelievable because I would come oh, down yeah. around five ish eat in the evening, and by this point people have been drinking for probably twelve hours or ten yeah. hours, yeah, and it was like walking through it was like the day it was like the t v movie the day after you know I felt like oh yeah, I felt like Jason Robards walking through the remains of the war <laughs> of the world, people just laying on the you know it was unbelievable, and the c t a loaded with people who were passed out and puking everywhere, oh yeah. It's unbelievable. It was was
0: unbelievable. Do you remember how I used to live tweet my walk home? Because Saturday night uh, I would leave the station at like 2 a.m. Completely sober as all those bars were getting out and people were just bananas. But it was always delightful on the Saturday night of Halloween because that was like. Little Bo Peep has just walked into a building and a gladiator has picked her up out of the gutter. And like it was just it was a hot mess. But the one that was always like really spectacular to sit in the showcase studio on Michigan Avenue at WGN and watch was Tea box Remember that? It was like the holiday themed drinking thing. Oh, that would like it's up in Wrigleyville, but it trickles down downtown. And then one one year there was like a West Loop thing. And I just remember I got on the air. The show started and there was like a Santa in an undershirt and suspenders, but the Santa pants and the hat and and like a woman dressed as a as a reindeer, like having a huge argument, but they were wasted and they didn't know what they were fighting about, kind of that level leaning against the glass. And I just remember she like kept wiping her nose, but she had like reindeer makeup on and so she's just like wiping this makeup all over herself. And finally on the commercial break, you know, for for those who remember that studio, we had the ability to talk to people outside. Yeah. And I finally just hit that button. I was like, hey guys, I'm, I'm in here and I can see you. I just, I just want to let you know that it's. Yeah. gonna gonna be okay and yeah. they just sort of like stumble huh? away it, is Oof. it the
1: voice from is it the voice of god because anytime you would turn that speaker on and go hey people yeah. would freak out and i oh, would do yeah. it on, i would do it on purpose because i hated that studio i did not yeah. like doing the show from the studio i preferred either upstairs or in the back that was where i preferred uh but when i did do this but i did like I, I would do the show from the showcase studio um every once in a while I, pretty regularly at, at sometimes and i can't tell you the number of times like i, I would do, i would do the show like when they would have the fireworks on the third Mm-hmm. Of July, and the people like after the fireworks, just watching Michigan avenue slowly, people walking north on Michigan avenue, just the drunker oh, they yeah. got uh and I remember one night i'm I'm doing this, and like people would come up, and as you know, you did your show from from the showcase studio a lot mm-hmm. they would people would come up and like lick the glass and, and oh shit. yeah and I'm like you have no idea what was just no idea, that. you know, no idea, you know, I had uh,
0: flashers all the time, oh yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm, There was I,
0: always some gross man in sweatpants who would, like, whip his junk out and yeah. wiggle it at me. And I was like, you don't want to lick that glass. You yeah. know what was just there. Exactly. This guy put his <laughs> junk
1: on the glass, and that's where your tongue is now.
0: <laughs> right. And I remember don't one guy,
1: that. I saw this guy running from what it looked like the, the bridge, okay? Okay. Across Pioneer Court, okay? Uh, at, like, full-on speed. You know what I mean? This guy is, he's Tom Cruise in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's running. And I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't think this guy realizes that this is glass. I think he thinks he can run up here and grab a mic. Oh, no. And, in f- like, without oh. hands at his side, running oh. as fast as any human I've ever seen, boom, like, right <laughs> off the glass, like, smash into the glass, uh, and, and just hit the ground, and right on his back, and was out like a light, and left an imprint of his face on the glass. Like, you could see... <laughs> And his friends were there because they, they kind of beat him. You know, they walked up to the – they got up there into in, the glass first. And they were, of course, you know, as people are, want to do, you know, they start banging yeah. on the glass and yelling. Oh, yeah. and, and which is one of the reasons why I hated using that studio. And um, – but this guy was one of the friends. And he came up, I mean, full force. Smashed wow. into the glass. Passed out. And his, fr- his friends were like, <laughs> they didn't say anything. They didn't – you know, he was laying there dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they just continued talking. And that oh. was the kind of thing that – now, what about the um, – the uh, now, see, I think you worked t- too early on Saturdays. Cause you were gone. I, uh, I was there. I was I, there. Were more shenanigans because I worked later
0: uh-huh.
1: than you did. Uh, did you ever get a, a chance to witness the naked bike ride thing?
0: Oh yeah, I did.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you did. But now, have you ever? But you never witnessed it on the air, though. Have you ever?
0: No. Yeah, I, I think it was too I don't late. I Think so. Yeah. I, I, was I that late. was my
1: time slot, and I would see the. And I'm sure you living down there, and you being a part of yeah. Chicago. The naked uh, bike ride. Um, my 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 criticism of the naked bike ride. and This is it was very simple. It was like there was there were too many dongs and not enough boobs for my liking. <laughs> that was my criticism of it. <laughs>
0: I mean, my criticism of it is just seems like a bike seat would not be comfortable naked. Exactly. Well, That's and also, my
1: issue. I hope it's your bike. Like, also, don't borrow I hope it's a bike. Not a, <laughs> I hope it's not a divvy. I really hope it's not a divvy. <laughs> oh god. You know, some guys, some guys, Hugh Grant, you know, on the, uh, not good. Um, yep. uh, quickly, let me talk, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, about the Elvis film. We talked about yeah. it before, uh, but there have been, uh, some, some, some things happening, uh, in the world of your Elvis movie quickly. Tell us all about the movie and it's, what it's based on and what's happening and the news.
0: Yeah. So it is based on, uh, so Pam Mandel is a, she's an author. I partnered with her to write the screenplay adaptation of her memoir. uh, uh, It's called The Same River Twice. And she then wrote another script. She's a travel writer. So this is a story of her traveling in Alaska, where she met an Elvis impersonator in Skagway, Alaska. And she wrote that into a screenplay. And it's very funny. And it's like this, it's a really like surprisingly wholesome script. We're actually just talking about that. Like, huh. Considering that both of us swear a lot, like this is a very wholesome script. Right. Um, anyway, so, so she, she meets this Elvis impersonator and he has all this wisdom and then kind of meets up with him again down the road. And um, we have secured executive producers for that. And so we are moving forward in production yeah. and we are awesome. going to uh, we are filming that in early May in Washington state. And, uh, we are looking for, I mean, the part now is the fun stuff. It's like securing the actors, deciding who's going to play what part. And, uh, I'm looking for a vintage Cadillac.
2: Okay,
0: uh, th- that's kind of a fun thing. And, um, you know what, the- I w-
1: I will put you in, t- I will put you in touch with my car guy, Tom, Tom Appel.
0: Awesome. That's I will what put I mean.
1: T- I will definitely put you in touch. Remind me. And I'll definitely, I'll I give know. you, I'll give you his digits. Do they say that? Sweet. Do the kids still
0: say that now? Let's say yes. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I I had a couple of conversations with like car clubs and some people that that do supply vehicles for like commercial shoots and things like that and the questions were so funny they were like uh does it does it have to get crashed no does it have to go off a cliff no um is anyone gonna have sex in it no and even if they did it's not a porno it's like it would be (laughs) fake it would be like not real um is there going to be fake blood in it no will there be animals in it no is it does it need to be painted no are you sure does need to be crashed like all i mean fair questions right if i had like a sweet 72 caddy i would probably ask the same questions but like the only thing that needs to happen to it it needs to be driven and at some point someone needs to to be Wiping it gently with a cloth as if it just came out of a car wash. It doesn't even have to go through the car wash, um, so it, it'll be very simple. But the Elvis drives this this awesome big lanyard of a of a Cadillac. So yeah. so I'm on the hunt for one uh, to to have in Washington State for that for that shoot. But I'm really psyched for it. It's going to be really exciting.
1: That's great. I'm so I'm so happy for you. Uh, Thank you. That's really great. You you know, getting into the getting into the world of film and screenwriting and then making movies um are you are you are you used to it now is it is it uh have you gotten completely used to it like because I know because it was new to you for a while yeah um how does that feel now how does it feel getting into in doing this stuff now
0: it's opened my uh storytelling eyes I think now because when I think when I think about a story I kind of go "Ooh, would this be an article or is this a screenplay is this a movie? Is this a book? What is this? So the first thing I kind of do when I have an idea of something I want to write about now is decide where it goes. But once I decide it's a screenplay, I think it's so fun. I think screenwriting is delightfully fun. And I think a lot of, we've discussed this, like a lot of tools that I got in from working in the newsroom on deadline, in chaos, things like that, having to structure something really quickly to make the story make sense. I think that translates really well to screenplay. Um, So I, I, I love that medium. I love to write in screenplays. I love the challenge of everything must be visual. Yeah. Um, I think that's the part that that most writers coming into screenwriting kind of struggle with. You can't say, you know, Nick looked out the window and realized. You just you can't say realize because that's an internal process. You have to, you know, put it all uh, in the yeah. visual way. So it's fun to kind of think about how that how things look. And and I, I really enjoy uh adapting stories from from books and articles into into screenplays and um I didn't write this one I'm just producing it but it, it's such a fun story and it's super fun like as soon as you say Elvis people are excited like when of I was course. do when I was out there I was like doing some location scouting and, and one kind of place that we needed I walked in started talking to this woman and and as soon as I said Elvis she was like oh Elvis right like not not it, it's an Elvis impersonator in like the character is an Elvis impersonator it's not an actor trying, trying to play all this, yeah, but so right. it's kind of layers on layers, kind of meta there. But, um, I think it's going to be super fun and it's fun to, you know, get into the casting part and all that too.
1: Yeah. That, that's going to be fun. It's going to be, so what are you going to do? Uh, you know, I mean, are you going to stay at a place in May, uh, when you, when you go to Washington or do you have a place all lined up? I mean, that's cause that's going to be an extensive amount of time, right? Or, or, or... yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, it, it'll be interesting to see like, who is, who from the Chicago contingent will be, I mean, the, the production company, Potenza productions, um, they are based here in Chicago, the director and, um, cinematographer based in Chicago. So at least three of us will be coming from Chicago. Um, we'll see where we, if we get our, you know, crew from, uh, casting crew from LA or from Seattle or if there's Chicago people, there's a lot of people we're kind of looking at and talking with. So, yeah. so I think it'll be kind of a mishmash, but, um, we'll, we'll be in hotels and, yeah. and whatnot. I mean, there's, uh, this one town that we'll be primarily filming in. I think there is one hotel. One. Okay. And I think we will take it over. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, congratulations on that. I'm Thank so excited. You, you got to keep me posted on everything. We're only about a month and a half away. Uh, I know. That. It's- so that's exciting.
0: I got to hustle on that Cadillac. Yeah, hope your guy he can exactly. help exactly. <laughs> and I,
1: I, and I, I'm, I'm yeah, no. Seriously, I will give you Tom's. I'll give you Tom's info and you talk to him because he knows people everywhere in the car business. Sweet. Um, and he knows people with vintage cars and all kinds awesome. of awesome cool stuff. So it'll, it'll 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 be good. Well, Amy, listen. It already we're already out of time. I can't believe this. Jesus Christ! Every time I talk to you, it's like, you know, the time flies by because you're so awesome. Because so, <laughs> you're so um, awesome. Because oh, we enjoy come on. talking to each other. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, well, you know why? Because we, we because of this. Motherfucker. That's what it is. That's what it is. Exactly and, what it is. And by the way, neither of us are this. Boring,
3: man, you're all feckin' boring. <laughs> With your piddling grievances over
0: nothing, you're all feckin' boring.
1: Right. All right. Uh, the Daily Gist podcast from Crane's Business. That's uh, Amy. You can hear that every day. And check out Amy Guth, G-U-T-H, amyguth.com for more info. Uh, we'll, uh, I will talk to you probably in just a couple of minutes just to, to book our next time together. Awesome. All right, Amy Guth, you're the best. Thank you so much for uh, for being on the part of the podcast, and uh, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
0: Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Oh,
1: there you go. That's the uh, that's the great Amy Guth, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, you can check her out at amyguth.com. All right, let's get to uh, another lovely woman, the Esmeralda Leon.
0: Esmeralda,
2: yeah. Esmeralda Leon, yeah. Esmeralda. I'm talking about that Esmeralda. Esmeralda Leon Yeah Esmeralda Yeah yeah Esmeralda Leon yeah, yeah yeah Get yourself some asthma Love me some asthma Esmeralda Leo. Yeah Esmeralda
3: Yeah Esmeralda Esmeralda Leon
1: that's her theme that means she's here. Hi Esmeralda.
3: Hello. How are you? I am good. How are you?
1: I'm all right. You know I'm how good. it is. <laughs> you know.
3: Good to know. Yeah. Good to know that
1: you're good. So, uh you went to Joliet this past weekend celebrating your uh, your brother's birthday?
3: I did. Yeah. How'd uh
1: that go was that fun?
3: Yeah, it was fine. We didn't we didn't do anything. It was just me showing up. Uh <laughs> well that's just usually enough. how it is. Isn't we that just, just yeah. that's
1: gift enough right there. Exactly.
3: Happy that. Uh, uh we did uh sit around and uh, I watched Highlander. The original. And yes.
1: Oh, it's good. It's so And
3: good. I watched we watched Pinocchio, the new uh
1: The Robert Zemeckis one with Tom Hanks or no. the Guillermo
3: del Toro animated. The one? Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was really good.
1: It's so good. so Very frightening, so but very yeah, good. man. He's not afraid. You know, Guillermo del is not afraid to scare kids, man. And I, that's one of the things I
3: like about him. Also, that, you know, in the beginning, that uh, that damn Pinocchio, <laughs> he was a bit, I was like, you need to get that kid in check. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a little jag off. But that's the thing, that's the thing is that,
1: that a lot of the adaptations of that story don't, really concentrate on what a little jagoff Pinocchio is because he is yeah
3: yeah uh, And although Toro, I do love that he's just like what is like he has no clue what anything is
2: right right
3: it's like right you are made from a pine tree mm-hmm. it was
1: funny because I love my favorite uh, you know I mean I thought it was brilliant and it won the Oscar for best animated feature um yeah just at the Academy Awards a couple of weeks ago but um but what I, one of the things that I loved about it was the creation of Pinocchio, because, like, in this version of Pinocchio, Geppetto is shit-faced. What
3: when he you Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like so sad. sad. It is. He's sad. His son is gone. He's shit-faced. And he just, you know. And that's why Pinocchio turns out so weird-looking, you know, because he was loaded when he made him.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, like... I mean, I I gave him props because I'm like, that's pretty good for being just wasted out of yeah. your mind. Yeah, no, no, um, I mean,
2: it, yeah,
1: but it he was made funny.
3: him like wavy hair.
1: He did, yeah, beautiful <laughs> stuff. And it's all you know that that whole thing that's that is you know that stop motion animation, man. I mean, that takes yeah. a lot of time. Those are little teeny little figures that have to be moved. You know, they take a picture, move, take a picture. Um, yeah, you know, teams and teams of people. Working round the clock took years to make that ninety-minute movie. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's, a, it's pretty stunning. Uh, the accomplishment. We were
3: um, we the thing. I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't really like point it out too much. But my brother had we he wasn't watching with us. He had just walked in, and he's like, "He's not wearing any clothes." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, no, yeah. he did not put any clothes on no. Pinocchio this no, time. No, no
1: clothes. <laughs> no clothes on Pinocchio this time." Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many interesting things. Like, I love the fact that like people were like, uh, "Why is Mussolini in this?" And I'm like, "It's because it's hilarious." Like,
3: <laughs> we found it really interesting that he decided to take it to that. Like, yeah, to be in that era and like that's yeah. a lot of he. Yeah, what happened. I mean, well,
1: you know, it's interesting because like I've, Del Toro, obviously, you know, like one of his most acclaimed and beloved movies is Pan's Labyrinth, and that's all about that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and uh, like he's he, he is, he's concentrated on that era uh, you know and, and concentrated on, on on those stories at that time period in a lot of the things he's done, you know it's important historically to him, and so mm-hmm. and I just thought the, the Mussolini character was hilarious. I it just it every yeah,
3: that was period. great how tiny he was. <laughs> yeah
1: it was hilarious. And how about uh, you know our good friend uh, Renton from uh, from Spotting? Um, as... Oh well,
3: we watched it. Um, we watched it with Spanish subtitles, so oh, I didn't get to hear anybody. Oh, who's actually, oh, oh in
1: you it. might wait. Spanish dubbed, not subtitles. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spanish oh, dubbed. Oh okay. Well, um, but by the way, but do you know who in in the in the version that uh, you guys watched? You guys watched it in Spanish, but uh, Ewan McGregor was mm-hmm. the voice of the of the cricket. So that's oh. uh, that's Renton. That's Renton from Train Spotting, and he does the oh, voice of the fun. cricket. Uh, and you know the monkey. That shows up there. Mm-hmm. Hey, that monkey, the voice, and that, by the way, is not going to be interpreted to to Spanish because that's just you know like a monkey sounds. So they're not going. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's Kate Blanchett.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, she was interesting. In, uh,
1: she, she was in Nightmare Alley, you know, uh, last year or two years ago. <laughs> sure. And she like, was like, "Can and, you do a Del, voice?" Yeah, and sure, Del Toro's like, the hey. monkey." Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, you want to do the monkey voice?" She's like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome. Nobody'll know it was her." You know, that's t- ser- <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Is the t- are the two death spirits that was Tilda Swinton? Mm. Um, so when that you, makes if you, sense, if you watch it again, like, um, you know, with, with the actual uh English uh, version of it, um, yeah. it's fun to it's fun to hear those voices, but yeah, that monkey that you heard, regardless of whether it was the Spanish version or the English version. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's, that's Kate
2: Blanchett.
1: That's cool. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Just going, Rah, that's fun. Blah, bleh. That's, that's Kate Blanchett. <laughs> and, you know, that says a lot about how much people love you and McGregor because, you know, like two time Oscar winner Kate Blanchett is going to do an indecipherable monkey. In, in right. <laughs> that's how much they like working with. Well, I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad. Did you did your family like yeah. it? Did your folks and everybody like it?
3: Yeah, it was good. They oh, liked yeah. it
1: too. Yeah, it's great. It's, I think it's one of the best versions of that. Uh, of that story, one of the very best versions of it. Seriously, I actually think it's second only to the original, 1940 Disney version of it. Mm. Um, I really love it. So anyway, well, that's cool. All right. Well, uh, you know who would say that? You know, you know.
2: yeah, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh oh. <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and oh, I love Nick's show. Oh,
1: Carrie, Carrie's, oh. Wearing, Carrie's got a strap around her face, and she's wearing a very long nose because she lied, I guess. Hi,
0: I'm Carrie Russell. Oh, wow. And I love <laughs> Nick's show.
1: <laughs> All right, Carrie, don't lie. Hi, anymore. I'm Carrie All Russell, right, and
0: Mark. I love Nick's
1: show. Yeah. She's has got a whole bag of tricks. One of the very few things that won an Oscar uh, a couple of weeks ago that I was happy about. Um, yeah, was, the, was your was the Pinocchio. I was not happy that this
0: did not work. boring, man. You're all fucking boring with your piddling grievances over nothing. You're all fucking boring.
1: <laughs> I I love that's one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. She's just so fed up with these idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway all right cool well we've got um a magic megaphone that we're gonna get to we've got some mexican candy Mm -hmm. and you picked out a couple of uh pieces of mexican candy
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: and i'm very excited to taste these um one of them is called cranky snow and i asked you if indeed that was cocaine but it doesn't seem to be cocaine
3: it's too uh solid yeah, it's solidified cocaine. It's solidified
1: know. cocaine. It's rock. It's we're supposed to smoke it. It's like crap. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, so we've got that, and uh, we'll talk about much. And my dad's gonna stop by and tell a joke, and uh, and uh, very nice. He, he will do that. And my dad will also tell jokes with Rich Coes. And my dad is like very so exciting. excited. Exciting. My dad is so excited for those who might not know it, and you should know it because I've mentioned it a bunch of times, and you should have ordered your tickets. Do not wait to order your tickets. These, gonna, these I think these tickets are going to go pretty fast because Rich Coe's Sven Gulli himself is going to be live with you in Zany's at Rosemont. Me and Esmeralda are the hosts. It's the Nick D. Live podcast number four, Tuesday, March 28th, 7.30 showtime. Doors open at 6.30 Tickets are on sale now. We'll have great giveaways and prizes. I've got uh, gift uh, certificates from for dinner at the greatest restaurant on the planet, the Gale Street Inn. George gave them to me over Ooh. the weekend. We went to Gale Street Inn to celebrate my mom's birthday
3: over the Very weekend. Very nice. So my mom's
1: birthday is, in fact, today, March 24th. Oh,
3: happy birthday, Mom. Yes,
1: my mom's birthday. We had a great <laughs> meal, uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a fun time. And George, of course, could not be kinder, and everybody who works it. It's just the best. And now it's kind of getting back. It, there's a, kind of a... A, a normal kind of feel getting back mm-hmm. to, to the restaurant world and yeah. to Gale street, you know, there were, there were, there was a nice, you know, there's, you know, there, it's starting to fill up a little bit more and they're opening up a little more, you know, they were being oh, good. You know, George, George was, George was very strict about following the guidelines and making sure everybody was safe and felt comfortable, you know, during the COVID period. And so they're slowly reopening the bar and the tables and the other rooms and stuff like that. And, and it felt almost normal and, and, you know, perfect. Um,
3: Aww, so that's it was good. great.
1: It was great. We had a great time, and he's like, "Here's some gift certificates to give away." So we have gift certificates to the greatest restaurant on the planet to give away. Apt Electronics. Nice. Um, Steve at Apt Electronics Shapiro is so kind and big fan of me and the show, and he gave some Apt Electronics stuff to give away. We also have the last of our T-shirts to give away. So uh, the last of the Nick D podcast T-shirts, collectors' items. We'll give those away as well. We're going to do some trivia. And uh, we'll have some big laughs. My dad's going to get up and tell the jokes uh, with Rich Coe's. And then Sven Gulli is going to be there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he I, I want you to know that it's going to be his alter ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich Coe the alter ego of, of him. But we will be mentioning this. When? Several times.
3: Oh, uh, of course. During... When?
1: So, uh, but yeah. But I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be. This is a big deal. You know, Rich has taken time out of his schedule. To just show up uh, and be there for you and for me and for everybody at Zanies. This is a big deal. This guy is a legend. And you really, if you've never talked to Rich or if you've never seen him or you've never seen him interviewed for an extended period of time, because he's going to be on stage with us for Mm -hmm. well over an hour. He's going to be on stage with us for well over an hour. So that's that's over an hour of interview with with Rich and Sven Gulli, and we'll talk about his career and all kinds of great stuff. We'll do a Q and A with the audience. It's just going to be a blast. And on top of that, besides Rich, all the really fun stuff that we've been doing and telling stories and doing, you know, uh, getting big laughs and stuff. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, as well. And it'll be like uh, you know about uh, like about a week or so before Easter. So we'll, I've got some Easter egg treats to give away to everybody.
2: Mm. So that'll be fun.
1: So it'll be me Look as we're all we are your hosts. Big laughs, giveaways, awesome interactive comedy, recording of a live podcast that you can be a part of, and the unbelievable Sven That's the big thing. So get your tickets. Rosemont.Zanies.com. Get those tickets now. Do not wait. Get them now. 847-813-0484. Tuesday, March 28th, 730. Rich Coes uh, on stage with us. Okay. All right, Esmeralda. I know you love the Magic Megaphone.
3: Oh, of course. <laughs>
1: And and it continues. The the requests continue to come in. And again, uh, I don't understand it. Ezraelda, you don't understand it, but you really love it. I I don't, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's great. It's great. People like to hear stuff coming out of the Magic Megaphone. And if you have a secret message, if you have a, a joke that you want or a movie line or anything you want me to speak into or interpret into that Magic Megaphone... Let me know. Drop an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 773-417-6948. All right. As usual, I will play it, Mm -hmm. and then I will explain it. And this is from Tom. Uh, This request is from our subscriber, Tom in Lake Bluff. And I want to thank everybody for sending in the emails. We get a lot of emails and feedback and stuff like that, and we want to hear from you guys. and, And I really appreciate it. We get a lot of those and a lot of requests. And, uh, and that's the thing. You know, this podcast is as much uh, yours as it is ours. And, you know, call us and let us know what you think and leave your contributions at 773-417-6948 or gmail at gmail.com. So Tom from Lake Bluff, okay? This is his request, and I'll, and I'll explain it for people who might not know. Mm-hmm.
2: I want my daddy's record. I want my daddy's record. I
1: want my so, daddy's record. I want my did you understand that at all?
3: I want my daddy's records. Yes. <laughs> followed okay. by a
1: big, followed by a big laugh. Right. Okay. Um, that for for uh, uh, I'm assuming you need an explanation because that's kind of a deep, kind of a deep cut, a little bit of a deep cut. Yeah. That's from Sanford and Son. Um, okay. That's an episode of Sanford and Son. That's Bubba Bubba Bexley, who is Fred mm-hmm. Sanford's best friend. Mm -hmm. And Fred had a collection of blind mellow jelly records who, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, was fictional. I mean, loosely based on real, you know, old blues guy. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, he was wasting time. Lamont came home and Fred was wasting time listening to the blind mellow jelly records while he should be working, you know, in the junkyard. And Mm -hmm. so uh, Lamont's like, you got to get rid of these records, pop. And he's like, I don't want to get rid of my records. I love my blind mellow jelly records. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like you can donate them to the to the library. And you can go in and listen to them anytime but you you know you 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 know uh but you, you you've been distracting you, it'll take up less space cuz you got boxes of these things. And so they donate it to the library, okay? Mm-hmm. Is all his 45s and his uh, 78s the classic oh, wow. vinyl records of of fictional blues man Blind mellow jelly. Mm-hmm. And then Fred discovers how much they're worth. Oh bye. So he wants to get them back. Only he gave them to the library and they're like, you can't, they're now public property. But he wants to come up with a scheme because he realized how much they're worth. Of course, Fred wants to sell them. You know what I mean? Forget the emotional (laughs) attachment. (laughs) Fred wants to sell them. So
3: he he remembers them. It's fine. Yeah,
1: exactly. As long as there's money. He's got them all up in there. Yeah. So he tells Bubba to pretend to be Blind Mellow Jelly's son. And, and put on sunglasses uh-huh. like, he's, like he's blind, too. And they sure. go to the library and the person at the library and they, they want the records back because they're justifiably Blind Mellow Jelly's son's records. Mm-hmm. So the scheme is Fred wants to get the records back. He wants to sell them and make a ton of money. And he uses Bubba to, Bubba to pretend to be Blind Mellow Jelly's son. Wow. And so this is what he says to the librarian, Bubba. So, and that's all he says as, as, uh, as Blind melon Jelly's Records. Um, yeah. And so that's, the, that's where it's going. It's, it's kind of a classic line that was given to Bubba. And if you're a fan of uh, Sanford and Son, it's kind of a, a nice moment for for Bubba to pretend that he wants his daddy's records. So, <laughs> Tom from Lake Bluff wanted that in the magic megaphone, and hey, your wish is my command. So, oh. uh, there you go. All right. Uh, did you watch uh, Sanford and Son? Were you ever a fan of that show?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I watched a little bit. The one that really sticks out in my head was he had, um, I think, Fred's son had women over, and yeah, it was him and his friend Rollo, and they had women over, and then but then Fred showed up. Yeah. And he had made what I'm assuming is he always makes is with some kind of stew or something. Onion soup. Yes. He brought ripple and onion soup. Yes. He had ripple and onion soup. And they were into (laughs) it. They're like, sure. (laughs) Totally
1: into it. Totally (laughs) into it. Um, So, uh, you know. Yeah, that was when when, uh, Lamont moved out. Because he was sick of, like, because, mm. like, Lamont would bring a girl home. And he lived with his mm-hmm. dad, obviously. Lamont would bring a girl home, and they'd be, like, making out on the couch. And then Fred would come down and go, I'm just going to go get something to eat. You know, like, he'd walk in and interrupt them. Yeah, and yeah. And Lamont got sick of it. And he's like, Rallo's got a pad. I'm moving in with Rallo. And this is the early yeah. 70s when those were pads, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. And so they could entertain ladies any they wanted. So, um, you know, the ladies that they invited over – they had some really crappy music, or they're, you know, but they couldn't play the music because the landlady was mad, and they mm-hmm. bought some really expensive wine that tasted like shit, and they didn't have anything to eat but, like, clam dip, and so Fred was all lonely. I just love
3: that that's what they decided to buy. Yeah. Just in general, even. Just yeah. like, yeah, clam dip. Sounds clam great. Dip Let's just expense- keep
1: that in the house. Clam dip and expensive. Well, clam dip, the early 70s, Esmeralda. the clam dip was kind Oof. of a big thing at parties. It was. It
3: was. I mean, I'm sure it was fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they so have like chips? To, to impress the chick. Yeah, I think they had pretzels and clam dip, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Pretzels, something mm. with
1: cr- clam. Yeah, chips or something. But that's all they had. They didn't have a spread with food or anything like that. Uh, right. And the and the wine was it was like Beaujolais is what the, is what. La, <laughs> what Beaujolais? It's like
3: supposed to be good though, isn't it? Yeah,
1: but but uh, but they didn't. You know, like when they tasted <laughs> they it, it was expensive. It. They hated it. They didn't yeah. like it. So um, Fred. You know, who shows up is like, uh, I made all this onion soup, nobody's at home to eat it because my mom moved out and he's all sad. Oh. Uh. But then he shows up with the onion soup and they smell the onion soup. They're like, Ooh, that smells good, you remember? And then he's like, and I, and I brought some ripple and they were like, Yeah, it's better than the Beaujolais and then they start drinking uh. Ripple. And then he puts on some like uh some uh some music and he starts dancing like twenties style and they dance with him and he steals <laughs> the chicks. And then and and what they did was to get uh, Fred out of the house earlier mm-hmm. was they got him two tickets to an all-night cruise. Uh, an
3: all-night cruise. Yeah, they had okay. like a cruise
1: that you could go on, you know. Um, it's, it takes place in California, so like, a, you know, off the beach or something, there's like a, a yeah. dock. You can go on an all-night cruise. So they send an send the old man an all-night cruise. <laughs> and so at the, at the end, when he shows up, when Fred shows up with the onion soup and the ripple mm-hmm. to rescue the ladies from clam dip and Beaujolais, right, um, <laughs> So there he's dancing, they're gonna eat onion soup, they're drinking ripple, and so um Rollo and uh, and Lamont in their own house leave and they go on the cruise and they leave Fred with the two
3: chicks. And that's I mean That's how it goes. Sorry.
1: You ever you ever see the one where uh where Fred uh where Lamont brings home two coffins? to sell no and Fred <laughs> freaks weird. out because he's superstitious and he won't I'm not gonna let these things in the house. they're not coming in the house like the he, like he won't say he doesn't want the coffins
3: in the house <laughs> I mean who would want coffins in their house if it's not time
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's uh it's that's my favorite uh, Sanford and Son episode of all time and and you know how much I love Sanford and Son yeah um yeah. and so for me to say that that's and um and it's you know what the title of the episode is uh What's the that? wood the wooden overcoats 'Cause that's what they call coffee. Wow. <laughs> uh, then you come home, I come home, dummy, and you got some wooden overcoats for me, you know, like that. And he won't sleep in the house with the coffin, so he sleeps out on the truck. It's you gotta see it. It's it's the best. The best. So but yeah, Sanford and so, so yeah, that's where I want my daddy's records comes from. So nice. C- classic. All right. Hey, uh did you check out this article that we're gonna be talking about here? Um Everyday solutions that actually make everything worse. So you think you're fixing yeah. something, you think you're, you've are you got a solution to a problem, only it's making things worse, but you are told that it would be better?
3: Oh, yeah. Have you ever done that? No, have completely. You
1: ever, have you ever followed like what you think you're supposed to do, what has been handed down by generations as what you think is a solution to a problem? you ever done that personally and screwed it up?
3: Um, Most likely, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what popped out? Uh, what popped out for you uh, in these? Uh,
3: um, well, so to me, the the big one is uh, shampooing your hair every day. Okay, yeah. No, you're not t- supposed to do that.
1: Tell everybody. Read read what it says here, because because it, 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 I, I yeah, I mean, this is something I guess I knew, but I really didn't. So
3: yeah, so you're not supposed to wash your hair every day uh, because uh, unless your hair is really oily all the time but then that could be why you're brushing or since you're washing your hair every day it could be that oily because you're stripping away all the natural oils in your hair and that's what's actually keeping your hair healthy and um, conditioned Uh, so what is probably happening if you do wash your hair every day and it does feel oily is that your hair is compensating for it so then it's it's being oilier just because you're stripping out all the oil, so then your your hair is going into overtime. So there is there's a thing that people have been doing and it has an unfortunate name called the no poo method.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that's short for shampoo, right? No yeah. Yeah, no okay. so
3: yeah, no shampoo. <laughs> Not like um, actual
1: feces. It's actual just right. this, yeah. Yeah.
3: well I mean that's also a good thing. No, don't don't put feces in your hair. <laughs> uh no poo yeah no don't put it's essentially don't
1: put a a bear who likes honey in your hair don't do that right so yeah
3: (laughs) but it's essentially just you're leaving your hair to kind of go back to its natural state yeah uh you not washing your hair for like some people i think will do a week or something. Um, people, Some people do even more, but the whole theory is that your hair will then go back to being like normal oil production. God, And yes, it's going to be rough because your hair will be used to being washed every day. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get rough, I think, because your hair is going to go over time and just oil, oil, oil. Yeah. But then eventually it like goes fixes, back. Fixes, it resets. Yeah, resets. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, maybe that's why. Is that why? Because... You know, this has been known as part of the human body for many, many years. Is that why shower caps were invented? So that you can take a shower but not wash your hair? Maybe that's
3: that goes back to the I mean, reason yes. why shower caps were invented? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Because, well, it's also because if people have a hairstyle. Right. They don't want messed up. Right. Curls or something like Jerry that. They've done, or, or Yeah, that kind of stuff. Or, yeah, right. or some updo. Right. So, yeah, then you slap on the slap the, uh, on the, the, shower the shower cap. Shower
1: cap, yeah. Remember when it was a thing to wear shower caps in public? Like, that was like. No. Like, yeah, like, no, it was. It was. It was a thing to wear shower caps in public. It was. It was like a style wearing a shower cap. And, and not just old ladies coming out to get the mail. You know what I mean? Like, that's, right. that's, an, that's an old, like, you know, a, an old cliche. The old, the, oh, here comes the old lady. She comes out to yell at the kids, and she's got a shower cap
3: on. <laughs> right. Because she's doing something to her she's hair. Got her, she's got her curlers
1: in. She's got her curlers yeah. in. She's doing a set.
3: Now now do you
1: buy do you abide by this do you not do you try not to wash your hair every day do you not wash your hair every day i, I do
3: a- i I try to go like about three days
1: yeah that's that seems to be the that seems to be the case of uh of women a lot of women that i that I know a lot of women that I've been with yeah uh you know do not wash the hair every day and sometimes they go three four days
3: yeah, I try to go a few yeah three days maybe four, but usually it starts to look pretty funky. Yeah. And greasy? So then yeah. It's it's usually I I I time it by how greasy it looks <laughs> <laughs> and where I will be going if I'm going anywhere that day like gotcha. that matters or I'm going to put my hair down. Right. Um but yeah, I think it's it's helped um a little well one it's helped in time because I'm not washing my hair every day. Sure. So it takes me less time in the shower. Yep. Um but I think I think my hair is a little happier for it just because it can be a little rough too. When you're washing your hair, you're like scrubbing your scalp. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I just learned you're not supposed to, if you have longer hair, you're not really supposed to uh, wash the bottom of it. You're supposed to just, cause usually what happens is you put shampoo in it and then you scrub the bottom of it too. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs>
2: right. You're just
3: supposed to let whatever was on the top of your head kind of run through the bottom and it'll be fine. Because mm. it's it's not so uh it's unless your hair is just filthy. There right. is no need for you to be just scrubbing the hell out of it.
1: So that's there that's what we always thought was a solution was it's it is absolutely not necessary for you to wash your hair. In fact it's not good for you for your hair exactly. to, wash it, to wash it every day.
3: Yes. Yeah. I mean showering, yes, is great. Yeah. But yes, yeah, scrubbing the hell out of your head right. every day is right. not is not advised put on the shower cap take a shower leave your hair alone
1: for a few days and let it uh, let it go yeah yeah yes yes all right uh yeah okay well i guess i'll just stop showering in general
3: yeah just yeah just go on yeah go whole hog just not like i'm I'm trying
1: not like i'm trying to impress anybody so it it
2: doesn't really matter
1: um Okay. How about this? According to animal animal behaviorists, shouting at your dog to stop barking only gets him to bark more because he thinks you're agreeing with him.
3: I mean, I could see that. Yeah. Especially because they're barking, they're yelling at you. They're like, "Hey, hey!"
1: Right, and then you start going, "Shut up!" You know? Or...
3: <laughs> right, and then they're just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. I could see is that, that a ra- is
1: it, You've had dogs in the past. Has, has that been a mm-hmm. common
3: thing? Like, shut up! Yeah. And then the dog starts barking. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, usually even now, um, when I'm walking dogs and stuff and they're barking, I usually just go, hey. <laughs> in a yeah. very, and they kind of, they risk to it when you just yeah. kind of talk to them and you go, hey, stop it. Mm-hmm. And they look at you like, what? <laughs>
2: huh?
1: Yeah. Maybe a little whispering. Now, you, you could be a dog whisperer. What, sure, what's that guy's a name? A true what's that dog whisperer. Name? What's that dude's name? Uh, dog name? Oh, dog whisper uh million breed, right? yeah.
3: uh, something million right yeah uh caesar caesar, caesar million. million
1: that's right yeah um yeah I, I remember he and uh oh god what's the dickhead's name on gn uh, um a day steve dale uh, they—they oh. they, <laughs> was like, yeah, I don't, don't even get me started. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So they he he had like you know there was a conflict between him because he did not abide by Caesar. You know he was he was like right made a big deal about how much he didn't like how he handled dogs and stuff like that. I just remember that being a drama <laughs> back at the car wash. It was I just, just like being, okay,
2: yeah, whatever, dude. He's got a TV show.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, he is uh, he's is he got a great sense of humor about himself because he loved – because South Park – whenever South Park mocks somebody. Oh, yeah. Um, either you have a good sense of humor about it or you don't. You know what I mean? Like when the guys mm-hmm. from South Park – like Kanye West was not happy when they <laughs>
3: – Right. Oh, well, of course. He's never happy.
1: Fish dicks. He <laughs> likes fish dicks, uh, which was fish dicks. Yeah. But that whole fish dicks
2: thing, <laughs>
1: And Sean Penn hated it because of Team America. He didn't like what he did, what they did in Team America. But then Sean Penn was like, I don't know. He goes, I don't understand it. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was cheap, blah, blah, blah. But then he went on record as saying that he thought the Book of Mormon is the greatest thing ever. So now he likes Team America. Like, it was like, okay. Like at first, Sean Penn was I mean, pissed. He didn't like it. But then like because of Book of Mormon, he's like, oh, wait, you know, these guys are actually really great and clever. So now I'm, fi- I'm happy with the fact that I was in Team America.
3: I mean, I guess he could have just, I mean, you can like one thing and not the other.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's true. But he, I, but, but he did, I guess it's interesting that he's just like,
3: well, I like all of it now. It's like, he
1: didn't like, well, he, I guess he wasn't like a fan. Like he wasn't, he, I guess he was aware of South Park, but never really watched it. And then he probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. have even seen Team America if people didn't say, you know, you're in this. (laughs) And, (laughs) And they really mocked the shit out of you. And he probably watched it and went, that's just stupid. But then when he saw Book of Mormon, he went back and went, oh, okay, these guys are really brilliant. <laughs>
2: oh, Trey he Parker.
1: Gets it now. Trey Parker. Yeah, he gets it. He gets it. Tra- not so much Matt Stone. I- Matt Stone to me is like the – he's the Garfunkel of that team. You know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> – Damn. He is, man. I mean, t- Trey Parker is the-, is the genius, and Matt Stone, one of the luckiest men on the planet as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> if you look at every episode of-, of South Park written and directed by Trey Parker – Ninety yeah. percent of the songs, you know, like ninety-five percent of the songs from all of the musicals they did, written by Trey Parker. He's the—he is the brains of that outfit. And Matt Stone, I mean, kind of clever, yeah. and he does some cool voices. But that's Trey <laughs> Parker, man. I'm a. <laughs> I'm a, I am. I, just I am like of that. The,
3: kind of clever. Does some good voices. Done. I, uh,
1: that's <laughs> it, man. I am. I am of the opinion that that Trey Parker is the Paul Simon and Matt Stone is the Art Garfunkel. And not that Art Garfunkel is talentless. He's a really great harmonist and he's a great singer. Mm-hmm. But if you look at all the Simon and Garfunkel songs and how amazing they are, who wrote them all? Paul Simon. So same thing mm-hmm. with Trey Parker. Same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Uh what do you think of the the uh, the the bit in the article about brainstorming?
3: Um I I mean I always thought it was good
1: to to get a group it, together.
3: Yeah, I mean it depends. It depends. Okay. Depending on who the people are and and what kind of relationship you have with those people, sometimes you can come up with some great stuff. Um but then, you know, if they kind of just shove a bunch of people who don't really know each other or they're just kind of acquaintances of some kind and they're like figure this out sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't work just does not work
1: had you ever had to do that at work were you ever forced to like uh brainstorm with people like when you were in radio for a while you worked with johnny b did you ever have to sit did you ever have to sit in on creative meetings with other people and and and, and in any capacity Um,
3: not really uh luckily thank god we more I remember them having us do some training, which was and it wasn't even training. I forget what it even was exactly, but I remember them putting us with people that like were in sales and that were in this and that. And then yeah. we're just and it was stuff about your feelings and stuff like that. <laughs> or like how if like your job is hard or like how to problem solve in your in your job. Mm-hmm. But it was weird because it's just like I don't I don't really have issues like this uh but we'd we'd have to like come up with ideas to fix this a problem you would have and it's like but there really isn't that kind of well sometimes uh... sometimes Uh, it's uh, like i don't know your job your sales i don't know what you (laughs) yeah
1: sometimes companies uh do like little programs where they get people together for like a weekend you know what i mean and yeah. you have to do all these it was exercises. the work. I was like I, we
3: are wasting I've our time.
1: never <laughs> been a fan of that. We did that at the Factory Theater a few times. Like they had like a weekend yeah. retreat where everybody would get together and brainstorm and work on things. I'd be like, "Get the fuck." <laughs>
3: it's like It's like I, if you want to work yeah. on something, go to somebody that you might yeah. think you'll yeah. you can meld with and like yeah. do that, but like but, don't force people. Right. To, and then it to but it becoming, be creative like, like it, that. It, it's like it doesn't work. Over the years, they
1: did that a few times at the car wash where you would go in and be like, "Okay, this we're going to have like a a, a meeting, you know, like a big meeting of, of, you know, the talent at, uh, you know, on the station and and some of the other people. And we're all going to get together and we'll throw ideas around. We're going to do these exercises to help us communicate better. It's like, get the
3: fuck,
1: get out of here with that. You know, like, um, the
3: less communication, the better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, like there are, there are certain people that I, that I, that I could work well with and I'm going to reach out to those people. I don't want to be in a room full right. of people. You know, I don't want to be in a room full of people, especially if I think like a third of them are idiots that I don't want to work yeah. with. And I especially don't want it to be mandated by a company. Like you yeah. have to do this. Like when, when you were, you were gone by the point that, uh, the morons at the car wash who are there now, mm-hmm. uh, they brought in this it idiot. Uh, consultant, i told Ugh. you the stories, and we I, had to. Meet, I cannot it's consultants. We had to meet with this guy who was who we had to meet with this Jagoff, who had never once in his life hosted a radio show ever, to give us specific notes, and to we had to follow everything he said. Ugh. And he was one of the biggest clueless dipshit moron idiots I've ever had to spend a significant amount of time with in an office. And we had to sit there, Tom and I had to sit there and listen to this idiot give us moronic notes on our show, a show that I had been doing for over 20 years, getting notes from a guy who, you know, the idiot in charge over there uh, at GN uh, was like, he's the greatest consultant of all time and you have to do everything he says. (laughs) It was the stupidest shit. I'm just
3: always, I'm always amazed. I'm like, if you can get into that racket of Consultant, exactly. Good for you. No, exactly. <laughs> you're making money for nothing.
1: Yeah. yeah, and there were some people who were like, "Oh, I think he's great." There was people, there are people there who are on the air now who abide by all those rules and think he think, think this consultant is great. Oh, I think he's great. He's helped my show out a lot. Get the fuck out of here.
3: He yeah, Then you weren't very good to begin with.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you're a company man. You're a kiss-ass company man is what Ew. you are. You're not doing yeah. a show that you're not doing a show that that you want to do. You are doing a show that they are telling you to do. You are a kiss-ass company man who is listening to a consultant who has never hosted a radio show in his fucking life. Yeah. And as a result, yeah. your show now sucks.
3: Ugh. I listen to radio. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and 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 I told you this already. We were listening one time. We when when, he, when we only met this idiot once, but we were in the office with this moron for like three hours, listening to him criticize the shit out of my show and and Tom, mm-hmm. uh, and then would play back like he listened to one show and he didn't even listen to the whole show. He listened to like two hours of one show <laughs> and thought he was an expert on my show and my audience. Like he thought he knew me and my audience.
3: You should have been like, how about you come in and sit in another room and listen. Yeah. While I'm on air for yeah. a week.
1: <laughs> yeah, and even that's not You gonna just be come, in,
3: yeah. you come in. You come in. He listened to a tape. the hour that I'm here. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: Jag off. You come in and don't, you know. But then he played back. And, and at one point in, in the tape he was playing, or not tape, I mean, it was just a few years ago. So it wasn't a tape, it was, you know, computer. Yeah. He played back the clip and I said, okay, we'll be right back. And he, he's like, what did you just say there? And I go, what do you mean? Be he's right like, back. And he goes, well, I'll play it again for you. And he rewinds it, and he plays it again. Okay, and I said, okay, I'll be right back. And he rewound it, and he played it again. I'll be right back. W- w- what did you just say there? And now I want to punch the guy in the mouth already, because he's being incredibly condescending, and like, yeah. he knows, like he knows me and knows my audience. And then I go, I said, I'll be right back. He goes, yeah, okay, why did you say that? And I said, well, because... Um, you know, they the, will be right back in the nine hundred <laughs> in the nine hundred year history of broadcasting. When someone goes to a commercial on television or in radio, they say, "I'll be right back." And he goes, "Yeah, but let me ask you a question: Did you go anywhere?" He, he literally Didn't said,
3: like, "Well, I went to go get some water." Um, and I go, <laughs> "What? What?" He
1: goes, "Did did did you go anywhere? Did 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 the audience go anywhere?" And I'm like, "Well, no. Well, then don't say that ever again." Wow. Yeah. That was just one.
3: That was just that's one. Weird. It's not only weird. Like, it's why who, would it's, that? I'm confused by yeah. who's, who's going like, well, where did they go? <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's like this, this consultant thinks that that's a good note. Don't say we'll be right back. Get the fuck out of here. And, 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 and to have a moron in charge of that station now who thinks that that's the kind of radio that they should be doing. Right. And like, we'll call you and go, I just heard you say, I'll be right back. You know what I mean? Like, literally, we'll give you a note while you're on the air saying, did you just say I'll be right back? Don't ever say that again. Like, literally, that's what was happening.
3: We're like, well, I went to the toilet, so yeah. I did. You want me to take a crap in the leave. studio? I can do that. I have no problem with that.
1: <laughs> There's a garbage can right next to my chair.
3: Jesus. No, seriously.
1: And that was one example of three hours of the worthless moronic crap that Tom and I had to sit through because the morons who run that station now think that that's good radio.
3: Ugh.
1: It's insane. Insane. So yeah, uh, you yeah, know, company retreats. I say no as well, Esmeralda.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got, I. If this is all. It's all also a thing of like. We're a family. It's like fuck off.
1: I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> this now, is a
3: place I come to to make money. Leave me the, alone.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And I'm really good at it. I've been doing it for a really long time. And you know what? I was doing it. I was doing it for 35 years when this jagoff suddenly told me that I sh- I've been doing it wrong because I'm saying we'll be right back. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this guy. I'm like, seriously, you're gonna sit in this office after I've been hosting a show for over 20 years and tell me that my show sucks because I said we'll be right back? Seriously? But I will say, though, I didn't mind, like, um, getting together with people to write uh, Mm -hmm. at the the factory. Now, when we did, like, the the retreat stuff, which was about behavior issues and stuff like that, that I didn't like. But when it was, like, a group of people, like, throwing ideas or improvising, I loved that. I loved that. To to workshop a play because it's all original stuff. To bring in a bunch of people that you like, that you respect, that you like working with.
3: Right. Well, that's the key word. Yeah. People that you like and respect. Right. I love
1: that. I love the creative process of working with a bunch of really cool people and, you know, getting up on our feet and workshopping and acting and writing stuff down. I love that. It's invaluable. Mm-hmm. But, like, to, to mandate it and to make sure that our personalities are all, you know, the same because the company says so, that's weird shit, man. That's invasive weird. Yeah. But you're right yeah fuck off <laughs> it's just be like <laughs> exactly hey that's right i don't need this shit
3: yeah right. and a lot so. of times that when they're just like we're all family that's them trying to convince right. you to right. do things for them for free <laughs> yeah no that's absolutely right. oh by the way i do want to, we were just talking about you working for johnny gino Man. Yes. Oh yes. man. For people uh, who don't So it, it, he t- was a yeah. he was a longtime oh. collaborator and friend of the whole show. Like he yes. was he was part of the show. Huge. on uh, Johnny um uh Gino, if you if you did listen to Johnny the Jonathan Brandmeyer show, he was a lot of the jokes. Yep. He also did kind of like man on the street stuff. He did a lot of and yeah, a lot as of you, input into the show.
1: Absolutely. And as you know, you worked on the show. You know that his uh, his input to the show was immeasurable, like the stuff that yeah. he did. I mean, he was a major, major, major component of that show. Yeah. Um, and one of the nicest fucking guys I've ever met in, in my broadcast years. Like, seriously. He was. You know, when, yeah. when, when Brandmeier was doing mornings and I was, you know, I was his lead in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be leaving when Brandmeier would be coming in. I would see Gino come in about an hour and a half before Brandmeier show would start. And I would sometimes, you know, like leave the, leave the studio. Oh my God. Where, oh, where did I go? I'll be right back. I actually left the studio. You jag off. So, uh, anyway, sometimes I'd see him in the hallway and talk to him and, and he couldn't have been cooler. I would see him, I would see him every day and we would talk like every day during that, during that time when Johnny would come in and I would leave. Um, I saw Gino every morning and I was a fan of Meyer's show and I knew, you know, the contributions that he made to that show and I knew how talented he was. And 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 you don't see a lot of people in the broadcast world, and you know this, Esmeralda, that are as mm. talented as Gino was and as kind and lovely a man. He was special. And um and I was really, really saddened to hear that he that he passed.
3: Yeah. Unfortunately he was um battling a type of cancer called myelofibrosis. Yeah. Um and yeah, he uh he unfortunately passed away and I had seen him um, years ago. Um, but it was funny cause I had seen him on St. Patrick's day the last time I saw him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a really nice surprise, but yeah, I just, I remember working with him on Johnny's show and like me having to run back and forth. And like, again, I would see him too in the mornings. You see him there way before um, prepping and writing jokes and looking up new stuff and just, yeah. Everything And he would be during the show, like if he would, he'd hear something, have an idea, yep. he would start writing something up Absolutely. and like, oh, yeah. He no, was I mean, what he did hilarious. behind the scenes on that
1: show, you know, not, not just in prep, you know what I mean? But like you mentioned, Esmeralda, during the show. And you know that Johnny mm-hmm. loved to fly by the cuff of, by the seat of his pants.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know that. You worked for Johnny. And yeah. you know that if he, if he had an idea, he wanted it on the air within two minutes. He wanted something oh, yeah. on
3: the air. That was and that I mean that's the the big the beauty of of Johnny and why the show worked because he would just something would come up some yeah. stupid thing would come up yep. and, <laughs> somebody and, would say something stupid or whatever and then we would just take off running with it because, because and because yeah Brandmeier Gino worked, was a big part of that a huge
1: part of that and and uh, and again I mean that could be very stressful because you know Johnny's nuts I love him but he's fucking nuts. And, you know, when he comes up, because his brain is moving in different directions and so fast, faster and crazier than anybody I've ever met. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. And, and it's, when also, he wants, uh, you, it's also six in the morning when this yeah, is all yeah, happening. Exactly. <laughs> it's six in the morning.
1: You're working for an insane, you're working for an insane ADD, incredible, like, savant. <laughs> and you got a guy like, uh, you know, like Gino, who is calm. You know what I mean? Like, he never was stressed yeah. out. Yeah. And he, oh, dealt, no. he dealt with one of the biggest you know, radio shows in the world with a ton of stress, with a lot of pressure to get things done immediately and make them good and make them funny, and you could never tell by his demeanor or his behavior that it was stressful. Ever. Yeah, Ever. He was an amazing dude. Uh, so we lost, a, we lost a, 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 great, a great one in the world of broadcasting, Gino, man. Amazing.
3: We did, yeah. So,
1: all right, we got some Mexican candy, and then my dad's going to tell a joke. What do we want to taste test yes.
3: here? Yes. Um so let's try the the cranky snow. Cranky snow. All right. So cranky snow is so this is a second version of it. The original is just chocolate. Just um just regular chocolate. This one is white chocolate, but these so these are just cornflakes covered in chocolate. Oh, cornflakes <laughs> covered in chocolate. All right. So yeah, you just kind of snack on them. But All these right. are white Snow, so they're white, covered in white chocolate. But yeah, they're mm. literally just cornflakes. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's exactly what they are. They're little cornflakes covered in white chocolate.
3: They're a little minty. You got oh, that? Good. Yeah, they're good. they a little mintiness, which is kind of uh, makes sense because it's snow, so it's like cooling. Right.
1: So this is from the Mexican candy store, Candyland, mm-hmm. or you say it better. Uh, than I do yeah, Spanish. well,
3: it's, it is Candyland, but in in the it's um, in Spanish it's Dulce Landia. That
1: sounds so much cooler. <laughs> okay, so the candy. All right, we got cranky snow. Now, what's the next thing we got? It involves a little spoon.
3: Yes. So this is this is a this has like been around forever. This is a classic Mexican candy. Um, it's called Duvalin. Mm-hmm. and it is essentially just like cream. Just like cream kind of pudding stuff. And then this one, we got the, the three flavors. It looks like so Neapolitan it is, ice cream. Is yes. What it looks like. Yeah. So it is, I believe, vanilla. Strawberry and chocolate. Uh, I think it's, or no, no, I'm sorry. I think it's strawberry, hazelnut, chocolate.
1: Okay. Strawberry, hazelnut, and chocolate.
3: Yeah. I can't it's get just the too...
1: goddamn thing open.
3: Oh, no, it's vanilla. So it's vani- if you look at the bottom, right, I'm looking it's at it vanilla right strawberry chocolate. So but it's Neapolitan. Kinda... It's,
1: your, it's your basic Neapolitan.
3: Yeah. The right. chocolate just kind of.
1: Oh, there it is. I finally got it open. It took me forever.
3: And you got a little so, spoon.
1: And then you scoop yes. it. Yes. You scoop it out. Yeah. And then like you just kind of eat so it. So it's a pudding. All right. Here we go. Oh, my God. Is that is that sugary? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my mm. God candy (laughs) oh man while Wilfred brimley
3: is spinning in his grave right now holy shit
1: Mm.
3: by the way i found a little like just questions about it you know just like uh like what is it and all this kind of stuff uh they do say in it which cracks me up um people love these less sugary treats for their perfect (laughs) blend of creamy sweetness really sure uh-huh, less sugary. I don't, know. I don't know what they're eating. That's Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whew. Less sugary. Yeah. My my uh I became diabetic while I ate this. I just want you to know that right now. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, those are good though. The so you got your cranky cranky snow. And what's the, snow. Uh, the what's the sweet pudding called again? One more time?
3: Duvaline.
1: Duvaline.
0: Okay,
3: cool. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: all right, cool. Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm Carrie. Hi, Russell, Carrie. And I love oh, Nick's show. Oh, she
1: accompanied my dad. Are you ready for my dad?
3: Oh yeah, there of course.
0: Go. It's the best part of the
2: week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh,
1: yes! Here we go! Yeah. My dad tells a joke every Tuesday on the show because we like to uh, have my dad tell a joke. And uh, you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Hi, Dad. I said uh, don't limp in here with a lame excuse. <laughs>
3: jokey, jokey, jokey time.
1: It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. Don't limp in here wow. with a lame excuse. All right.
3: I like yeah. that they're just statements. Yeah. that's Just very funny statements. Very funny. Sounds yelling at silly. people. I was like, right. <laughs> there you
2: go.
1: All right. Well, my thanks to my dad. Thank you, Esmeralda. Uh, we'll taste some more Mexican candy next time. And then we'll talk more solutions that are actually more problems than solutions next time. And also uh, next time, Bill Janovitz from Buffalo Tom, uh, my favorite band ever. He is the author of a new book on Leon Russell, and it's extraordinary. So we're going to talk about uh, his book about Leon Russell, musician Leon Russell, uh, when Bill Janovitz from Buffalo Tom joins me, author of the new Leon Russell book. So that's coming up. And don't forget to get your tickets for Zanies, eight four seven eight one three zero four eight four March 28th. Rich Coe's Sven on stage with us. Uh, and uh, rate and review us. Uh, leave us a voicemail at 773 417 Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. And we will see you next time for the Nick. Oh, and my thanks to the lovely Amy Gooth as well uh, for being a guest. So uh, we will talk to you next time on the Nick D Podcast right here at Radio Misfits uh, Podcast. Network.
2: The wind is red right on me.